So glad you're here tonight. It's good to be together again. United around the Word. And we're studying the prayers that Paul prayed, but I, I want to just... Uh, where we were the last time I was with you in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14... Well, what we were studying uh, was verse 10. His intent was that now through the church, everybody say through the church. That's you. That's not the building. That's you. The church. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authority in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. Let's just stop there right quick as we catch up. And I was sharing with you that what he was saying there is that I want you. I'm not on the earth personally, but I've called my church to demonstrate what I came to demonstrate to you 2000 years ago. How many of you know you are sons and daughters of the Most High God? The Word of God says, and you can read Galatians uh, chapter 4, the first four verses. It talks about you being a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And the thing you got to understand was Jesus came to demonstrate what a son really looks like. He came to demonstrate what a son and daughter of God acts like. He came to demonstrate how a son and daughter of God speaks. He came to demonstrate how a son and daughter moves in the miraculous. He came to demonstrate how a son and daughter lives and moves and looks by faith. Jesus came to demonstrate and be a living example how we are to be as sons and daughters of the living God. Now, as we get into this study tonight, one of the words that appears time and time again in these verses in Ephesians and other letters of Paul was it uses the word for lawyer. And how many of you know that if you go to court, a number of people have gone to court, you hear people say, do you know any good lawyers? Well, as I was reading this, this is what Paul was saying. The heavenly beings are saying, do you know any good Christians who can be convincing enough to demonstrate what redemption is all about? You don't want some Don Knotts as your lawyer. You want a lawyer who wins. You want a lawyer who knows his business. You want a lawyer who knows how to sound so convincing. You want a lawyer who can even make a guilty person sound innocent if you're the guilty person. You want a lawyer who can convince all the jury, all the media, everybody around. They want a lawyer who can talk it like nobody's business. Well, that is what God is raising up in the church. He's raising up a people who are going to be so convincing. Because listen to me, as a lot of people are crying out to be raptured and taken off of the earth, He says He's coming back for a glorious church of a people who will be walking in the authority and the anointing that Christ gave so that we will be here on this earth to demonstrate and continue demonstrating until He comes that the church of Jesus Christ is alive and in authority here on this earth. Amen. So we see here that we are here to demonstrate in His name. I love what the way it says in the New Living Translation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says that God created man in His own image. Listen to the Living Bible. It says, God patterned them 
after himself. God patterned him, them, after himself. Woo, how do you know we have a high calling to be like Christ? We're created and patterned after the image of God. The way we walk, the way we speak, the way we think. We have the mind of Christ. So we see here that Paul is getting revelation of the manifold wisdom of God that Jesus came to demonstrate that we are the true source to reveal His wisdom. That's why David said, let your works praise you. How many of you know that God doesn't have to go around telling the devil how intelligent he is? The church reveals to Satan, to the gates of hell, and to the world how intelligent God is, how powerful God is, how mighty God is by the victory that is demonstrated in the church. I'm telling you, hallelujah, this is going to be a new year, a fresh year, a strong demonstration of how mighty God is in your and my life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Every time the devil's humiliated, the God is glorified. And so we're just going to humiliate him this year. Don't mind if we do. Amen. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose. Now get ready for this. According to his eternal purpose which he accomplished so it's been already done in christ jesus our lord now listen to this this eternal purpose means the purpose of the ages or if you're writing this down in the greek it means his opinion over his possession is established forever his opinion about the church. His opinion of his authority and his children is established. Aren't you thankful for the mercy and the grace of God that even though when we mess up, his opinion of us is still love? Amen. Amen, church. His opinion is established. And so we're going to see in some scriptures here tonight, Paul is really emphasizing. In fact, let's, let's go ahead and Let's look at this verse, the next verse, uh, verse 13. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. Now, I want to look at that for just a few moments. Paul is saying, I'm getting this revelation. And this revelation is about to drive me to my knees to start praying for it to be manifested in your life. But I want to tell you something. Don't be discouraged because of what I'm going through. Because your faith is not on the opinion of what I'm going through in the natural. Your faith is supposed to be established upon the living Word of God so that no matter what anyone else is going through, no matter what you hear on CNN, and it doesn't matter what you hear on TBN, My church is not established upon that. My church is established upon what Christ did when He came and He accomplished it for His church. Amen. So He's saying, don't be moved. My purpose shall be carried out out to effect. It's a done deed. There is no doomed church. There is no doomed church. It's not about Armageddon. It's about every day getting up and accomplishing God's will here on this earth. 
I am not worried about the Antichrist. I'm not worried about tribulation. I'm not worried about wars and rumors of wars. I am in my heart with the burden that we've got to demonstrate God's dream on this earth every moment and every chance. We've got an opportunity. You hear me, church? A lot of people get into Revelation and they study about the seven churches and all that they did wrong. But I'm going to get ready to preach a message on everything they did right. Because it says, repent. And repentance opens the door for worship. And worship opens the door for the glory. And everything it speaks there. I tell you, there's a lot of people who can stay in the negative realm. But I believe in the positive realm. Because I believe the same John that ascended in the Spirit is the same Spirit that's within the church to cause us to ascend and get revelation of what Christ is trying to tell His church today. Today, today, today. Amen. So hallelujah. How many know we're going somewhere? So it talks here about don't worry about what I'm going through. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I just want you to hear the heartbeat of Paul because he says this six times right here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. He talks about his suffering, but not for the people to feel pity for him. But he's saying, I'm not worried about what I'm going through. So why are you being frustrated and discouraged and worried about what I'm going through? Or what you're going through? Just keep fighting the fight of faith. Look what he says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. The Amplified Bible says it this way. And this is why I am suffering as I do. But then look what he says. Still, even though I am suffering as I am, still I am not ashamed. For I know, perceive, and have knowledge of, and am acquainted with Him whom I have believed. And I am positively persuaded that He is able to guard and keep that which have been entrusted to me, which I have committed to Him until that day. Paul is saying, don't be discouraged about what I'm going through. Because I'm not discouraged. Because even though I'm going through it, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And don't be worried about what I'm going through. You may hear about, oh, Paul's going through this, but I'm going to come out of this and I'm going to be victorious. Because the reason I know, the reason I'm telling you not to feel sorry for me, the reason I'm telling you not to worry about me, the reason I'm telling you not to be discouraged about what you may be hearing that I'm going through is because of this very reason. I'm not discouraged because I'm persuaded because I know in whom I believe in. I believe in God. I believe in the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And I am persuaded that death, persecution, distress, whatever things will try to rise up against me, I am not letting any of these things discourage me or hold me back because I'm going to continue, continue, because I am persuaded that I'm going to win this race and I'm going to overcome. I'm telling you, one of the things I've written down that I'm going to be sharing, God is not calling Sissy sons, he's calling victorious, bold sons and daughters of the Most High God this year. You hear me, church? Church is not to be made up of Tim Conway's. And it's not supposed to be made up of seeker friendly. It's supposed to be made up of men and women of God who believe the Word of God and are persuaded. You know what? 
My knee may be hurting, but you come on up here. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to be healed because I know I'm going to be healed too in Jesus' name. Even though I'm going through it, nothing takes my persuasion away. So Paul is talking about to be completely persuaded with personal knowing and experience that God's Word always comes through for me. Amen? And it goes on to say uh, in, in verse 13, Hold fast. And follow the pattern. What did we read? We're made after the what of God? The pattern of God. Of wholesome and sound teaching, which you have heard from me, in all the faith and love which are for us in Christ. I live by what I believe. It's not what I see, and it's not what others are hearing about me. I do not live according to the opinion of others, or I don't even live according to the opinion of myself. God already established His opinion and purpose of me and you, the church, and accomplished it through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, no other opinions can persuade me to believe anything else but the teachings of Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You base your life upon the Word. Now, I remember when my mother passed away in 84, her best friend was a lady in New Iberia. Her name was Anbara. And we used to go up there. My dad had a church in the New Iberia area in St. Martinville for many years. And we'd, go, we'd travel and stay with these people, and they were very close. When my mother passed away of breast cancer, Anbara was the first lady to say, if God couldn't heal Peggy Cobb, then there's no hope for none of us. A year later, she passed away of breast cancer. Let me tell you something. It does not matter how what happens negatively in the lives of others. That's not the gospel for you. The gospel is good news. We believe the good news. So if you hear of the divorces on TBN, and you hear of all the things that are happening, that does not mean it's happening or going to happen to everybody. Don't be going around saying, oh, you know, it's just going to be such a small remnant. I cannot see. I can see a small remnant starting a revival. But I believe that there are people who are going to be saved in these last days that are going to outnumber the stars and heaven is going to be full of people. The devil is not going to win this battle. The church is going to win this battle. And listen, I can't tell you. There, I can't, I, I, I've got it noted down. Pretty soon I'll be sharing it. How many people are being saved today around the world? So Paul is saying, don't cry for me, Argentina. Don't be down and depressed about what I'm going through. I believe God. But you're in jail. Today I am, but I believe God for tomorrow. Oh, you're going through this, but I believe God for tomorrow. I may be here today, but I'm out of this situation tomorrow. Amen. So it goes on to say, don't worry or faint about what you see. Now, the word faint means to lose courage, to faint of heart. 
If something attacks your mind, we've got to get... Many times things attack our mind to get our eyes off of Jesus and on people and upon situations, upon circumstances. But listen, I'm telling you, you may be, somebody may be here tonight and you may not have nothing in your checking account. Well, just get your eyes off of the checking account and put your eyes on Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not need and I shall not want. You may say, I don't even have the money to pay my light bill. You get your eyes off of that and you get your eyes and you concentrate on Jesus and saying, in the name of Jesus, I am a son or daughter of the living God. My bills will be paid. I will not fall back on anything because I am persuaded. I believe God. And I don't care if I get 20 evil reports. I'm not in competition here. With the enemy, I am not in competition with others. I am unique, one of a kind, created after the pattern and the image of the Lord God Almighty. So I am persuaded that God is going to bring me through this and the outcome is going to be my victory in all these things. I've got a covenant on better things than those of old. And God provided for them of old. How much more is He going to provide for you today? Amen. Now, just let me show this to you real quickly. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You see, on Sunday nights, we've been sharing about, if any of you are afflicted, let him pray. I mean, we've been sharing that. And more or less, we're seeing the same thing here. And let me just put it the simple way. So many times, this is how people pray. God, why don't you? And God says, No. Why don't you? Why, God, why don't you heal me? Why don't you believe that I am healing you? Lord, why don't you complete your promise? Why aren't you reminding me of my promise? Amen. Romans 8, 28. Verse 28. We are assured and know... That God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. Somebody say for good. You see, Paul was persuaded in this. And for those who love God and are called according to his design and his purpose. Amen. Let's go back to Ephesians uh, chapter 3. And let's see how far we can get into this tonight. Paul wrote these things, trying to encourage us. Then in verse 14, it says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom the home family in heaven and earth uh, derives its name. And I pray, and he goes on to pray about the riches of his glory. But let me just give you a few things to write down that Paul fell on his face praying here. Let me give you an outline just tonight. First of all, he prayed that we would be strengthened from the inside out by the Holy Spirit. Write that down, because you see, you can pray that. It's not how strong I am outwardly. It's not how strong my finances are outwardly. It's how strong I am inwardly. Can I hear an amen? He wants you to be strengthened inside and out. And let me just give you a little nugget there about you being the tent peg. We're going to see that if Paul is praying that you be filled with all of his fullness, why do you think that God is putting all of the riches of His glory in you? So that it can come out of you. 
He wants to strengthen you from the inside out. Because He says, I want you to bear fruit. If it would just to be to give me and feel me, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not worrying about other people, what fruit can they partake of? But I've got to receive on the inside of me so I can be like the tree that grows so that others can receive strength from me too. So that's why I'm declaring the beginning of this year that God has been depositing and He is filling you because there are people all around here tonight and more people coming that are going to receive from what He has deposited in you. Amen. So Paul is praying. I pray. He already prayed in chapter 1 that the eyes would be under, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened and you'd comprehend and grasp all the greatness of God. But he's praying. I'm praying that you are strong from the inside out. And we're going to touch that a little bit. Then write this down. He's praying that we allow Jesus, Jesus to dwell inside of us. That Jesus is at home and he's comfortable. Inside of us, His temple, His body here on earth. That He's at home in our hearts by faith. And then also, Paul's praying that we will be rooted and grounded. Rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. To the point of understanding, as you'll see later, knowing its breadth, its length, death, height, with all the saints, even though our under, its understanding is beyond all of us to be rooted and grounded, to better comprehend and know the love of Christ. And then lastly, he prays that we will be filled with all that God is. Look at your neighbor and say that. Look at somebody and say, I'm being filled daily with all that God is. Mm. Praise God. His power, His righteousness. His peace, His glory, all that He is. Amen? Paul is praying. I pray that you get a revelation of the reservoir from heaven. Plug into it and become an outlet of it. Plug into the reservoir in heaven so that it, can you imagine if every one of us here tonight, each and every one of just us here tonight, and can you even imagine everybody here on Sunday mornings, if we all get that revelation, and we all become an outlet to where he's touching him, and he's touching him, and he's touching her, and she's touching him, everybody who's touching somebody. And all the fullness of God has a channel to flow out from one to the other. Like Brother Vincent got a prophecy. He's been moving so strongly in the prophetic. He got a prophetic word for that guest who was here. I prophesied to him that he got a word of knowledge and a prophecy during worship. And then someone else get a word and a prophecy. Can you imagine... All, isn't that what Paul preached anyway? That the fivefold ministry to edify the saints for the work of the ministry, that every member is a minister and an outlet of the glory of God. Then, listen, we won't be going around trying to find all the meetings we can to get filled again. But we'll start saying, you know, I have been to a quarter of a million meetings. Now I think I'm going to start becoming the meeting wherever I go. Amen. Instead of, oh, how much, what am I going to get out of this seminar? I'm a walking seminar 
for somebody in the parking lot of Walmart. I'm a walking conference for somebody in the hospital. I'm a walking outpouring, not of just Louisiana outpouring, but I'm an America international outpouring, ready to happen wherever I find a need. How many know that has to be the mentality and that was Paul trying to tell the church? Amen. That we are reservoir. Now look at this. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Oh, now he starts talking about fatherhood. He starts saying you got to understand that we are a generation, a new generation created with God as our Father. And he goes on to say, unto. Now that word there, unto, is the Greek word pros. Listen to this now. It says there, in a, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Of whom it means, and unto means, facing a real consciousness as one as talking to the Father and that He cares. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that each and every one here and listening to this tape will not only believe that God hears them when they pray, but I pray that you will experience the carefulness of the Father over what you're praying. That God cares for me and God cares for my situation. You know, I just took a trip with two of my boys and we spent some father-son time and I always try to spend time with them. Your children know that when they're talking to you, if you really care about what they're saying. And if they know you really care about what they're telling you, they'll keep coming back and talking to you. They feel that's how you get that face-to-face contact. But if they come talk to me and they feel like I really don't care what they're telling me, then they'll come less and less because they'll say, well, Dad don't care anyway. But Paul is praying. I pray that you understand that even though I may be suffering or you may be going through it, you are of your Father. You have face value. He calls you by name and He cares deeply what you're going through. And He cares so deeply of what you're going through that He is willing to give you of Himself what you're lacking in all the fullness. Amen? Hallelujah for that. Verse 15 says, Of whom or out of whom is the word for the offspring of God. You are a child of God and named after the Father. Amen? And he goes to verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Everybody say his glory. glory. That there means the whole perfections of God. It means his glory means inexhaustible supply. When it says that he will grant you according to his riches and glory, it means you will never exhaust the fullness of God. Amen. And it goes on to say that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened Say strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now that word strengthened there is the word kratos, which means or kratos, which means ruling power. In Ephesians 1:19, Paul prayed it, the ruling power of the inner man. You know, according to 3 John 2, 
we are in health and we prosper according to how strong the inner man is. May you prosper and be in health even as your soul, your inner man prospers. So Paul is praying, may your inner man be strengthened or empowered. It speaks, that word uh, strength there speaks of the power of resistance. It's a militant word. It means to be gut ready. It means to be gut strong and, and to uh, strong and to be convincing. It's also that word to be a lawyer, to be convincing, speaking and acting strongly that you truly believe what you believe. How many know that's what the world is getting ready to see? All these people they're talking about at the end of the year, they were talking about all the people who messed up in 07. And, uh, you know, they haven't been given the church the recognition that the church is supposed to have through Christ Jesus. But I believe that God, the church is getting to a point of maturity to where the Father is going to be able to pull back the veil for His church to be manifested. And the people who have been laughing and mocking at the church is going to want to be part of the church. You know, they said of Tom Cruise, they said, you know, he was a pretty good actor until he went crazy when he joined Scientology or whatever he is. A lot of times they put people with the beliefs and the belief system that they believe in. Well, it's time for them to put us in the belief system that we are convinced and strong in, that we are persuaded that there is no apologizing. This is what the Word of the Lord says. And it says that Jesus went around, went about doing good, healing all of them that were oppressed of the enemy. And when he talked about how he healed many who were uh, sick of the palsy and many who were lame, that word lame there is the Greek word for the lacking of limbs, which meant that Jesus went about. And when they didn't have an eye or a hand or an arm or a leg, Jesus miraculously caused limbs to be reborn. And he came to demonstrate of the Father. I want to see that. Amen? <laughs> Are you in agreement with me? Hallelujah. So we see here is the ability to channel and direct life, even through the pressures and obstacles. I mean, the Bible says that we are king in life. Amen? Look with me in Romans, uh, eight, Romans uh, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. That strength of the inner man, 14 and 15 of Romans 8, speaks of us being the children of God. But in Romans 8, verse 16, says, The Spirit itself bear witness to our spirit. My mind, my opinion, my emotions have nothing to do with what God's telling me. The Spirit itself bear witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so, we suffer with Him, that He may also be glorified together. Amen. Look at Galatians chapter 4. I know I mentioned this, but let's look at this right here. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. You're going to walk in a new understanding of sonship like you know, and daughtership like you haven't before. It says in Galatians 4, verse 1, Now I say, boldness, that the heir, as long as he is a child, differ nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. The Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness, everybody say fullness. 
When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. Say, I'm a son. And if a son, then an heir. Say, I'm an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Amen. That word sonship there means inherited power. The word sonship there means inherited glory. The word sonship there means inherited life, inherited peace. It's not something I've got to conjure up. It's not, not something I've worked for. It's something I've received through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Amen. So circumstances no longer dictates my life, but the word does. A master over the affairs in life. Amen. So let's go back to Ephesians 3. Let me start closing it down here somewhere right here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in. You see that word in? It's the Greek word E-I-S. And it means unto. It means your inward man is a recipient. Something, your inner man is made to, for things to be poured in. So listen to me. Paul is saying, God's not willing just to give you a drip of peace. He's made your inner man a reservoir, a recipient to have peace poured into you. When my level of peace starts getting lower, I'm not on the IV of heaven. I'm under the waterfall of heaven. Come on, church. I'm not a little dab do you. Is it language of the kingdom of God? Amen. How many of God is all power? He's all love. He's all peace. He's all joy. So it's not just a little drip. I've got a recipient in my inner man. That when I think I've got enough, He's even got more for me. And more for me. And when I think I've prayed enough, sometimes the Holy Spirit just says, keep praying, because I've got more for you. And when I think I've read enough, I just keep reading some more. And I keep praising some more. And I keep worshiping some more. And I just have to walk the floor a little more. Why? Because I've got a reservoir on the inside of me that the, the, my spirit is not happy unless it's full. And if you wonder why you get up at night at 2 or 3 in the morning and you feel like you're hungry and you know you ate too good for supper, but you still feel hungry and you go to the icebox and you go to the cabinet and you look and you look and nothing looks good. Nothing calls your attention and you start feeding your body all kind of stuff just because you're hungry. You've got to understand something. Your inward man has just woke you up and said, I am not happy with what you left me with when you went to bed. I am I'm hungry for more. You stopped praying too soon. You quit praising me too soon. When you were going through that trial, you just cut off the praise and the worship. And my reservoir was saying, I'm ready for more. And God is saying, I want to pour in more. But you stopped it. Holy Spirit saying, Oh, I'm looking for the recipient that's not going to be happy until it's full. He's got a word for you right there. Listen to what God is saying. That's right, because He's got a word. He's got the word that you need to hear. Amen. 
No spiritual poverty. No leftovers. Amen? Listen to this. It may seem like He puts up with our weaknesses, but His desire is for us to be strong. He puts up by His mercy. He puts up with our weaknesses, but His true desire is that we're strong. Look at your neighbor and say, you're strong. You're getting stronger. Let the weak say they're strong. Saints, He wants us strong. You know what you've been through in 07? It's to make you hunger for strength. Every weakness that hurts you, paralyzed you, and pushed you backwards in 07 is to make you hungry for new strength in 08. Are you hungry for strength? That's what Paul is praying. Get hungry for strength. Get hungry for strength. Look at the book of Joel, chapter 3. Joel, chapter 3, verse 9. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, prepare war. Wake up the mighty men and let all the men of war draw near, let them come up. It says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears and let the weak say what? I am strong. Now, you know, there's something that I first laughed about it, but God keeps talking through movies in March. Heart and Here's a Who has to do about abortion. I shared that with you a few Sundays ago. But God is telling us to be strong. And, you know, a lot of people laugh about it. We laughed about it when Rocky made Rocky 6 or 7. What was the last one? Rocky 6. Well, here he is again. I guess he's close to 60 and he's making Rambo 4. And I saw the commercial. I saw the billboard and I think, here he is. He's going. <laughs> he grew his long hair back and he's going back overseas to whip up on some outlaw. He's going back in a one-man army. Close to 60 years old. But isn't that the spirit of Caleb? He says, I'm just not happy with Rambo 3. I'm 60 years old and I want to make Rambo 4. I'm as strong now as I was then. I'll prove it in the movies. Well, I believe that has something to do with the church today. I believe that God is saying, you might have been weak in some areas in 07. But you're going to be like Rambo. You're going to be that mighty man of war. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been going through it. This is the time for your breakthrough. You've got a reservoir. You're connected with heaven. And now I'm going to fill you with a strip from above that is able to make you strong. Let the weak say they're strong. Amen. No Gomer Pauls. Look at you ever say you're Rambo. Rambo. Look at First Chronicles chapter 12. First Chronicles chapter 12. Somebody's already warring over there, I hear. First Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah, that's it, Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 12. First Chronicles 12. This is you. I'm going to read about you. I'll be shutting it down right here. And then we'll continue later on because the best scriptures were coming, but we'll leave them for later. First Chronicles 12, verse 1. 
Now these are they that came to David to Ziglag, while he yet kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish. There is his own enemy, but he's keeping himself safe. And they were among the mighty men. Somebody say mighty men. Look what it says. Helpers of the war. How many helpers of the war do we have here? I tell you what, God is raising up soldiers in this church. Helpers of the war. Just not depending on David to fight the battles. Not just depending on the Lord to fight the battles. But you, with and in the Lord, fighting the battles. They were armed with bows and could use the right hand and the left in hurling stones. Hey, I don't have to have fancy weapons. I'll find a rock and kill the enemy. I don't have to have the whole Bible memorized. I'll use the scriptures that I do have. Left in hurling stones and shooting arrows out of a bow, even of Saul's brethren of Benjamin. Even the enemy had joined in with him. Verse 8. And of the Gadites, there separated themselves unto David into the hold of the wilderness, men of might and men of war fit for the battle. Say, that's me. That's me. Hallelujah. That could handle shield and buckler. Now listen to this. This is some of you. Who faces were the faces of lions. That's what it looks like sometimes on Sunday morning. I feel like Daniel. (laughs) But no, this is positive. Look. And whose faces were like the faces of lions. Write down that word lion there means courage. Courage. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How do you feel? I feel good. That's the face of a lion. What's this the face of? How you doing? I don't know. Chihuahua. That's the face of a chihuahua. I don't know. I don't know. The Wizard of Oz, Oz line, whatever. The face of a courage. And it goes on to say, and we're as swift as the rose upon the mountain. Write this down. Rose represent determination. Determination and diligence. The opposite of what is lazy. A row represents Determination and discipline, the opposite of being lazy. Solomon said a lazy man will abound in poverty, but a man diligent in his affairs will prosper. Amen. So this is a year to be found diligent so that we can be strong, so that we can walk in the law of strength and we can win. How many want to win in here? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to stop there because it just starts getting better and better and better, but... Psalms 27, we didn't get to go there tonight. And Psalm 71, we'll get there later on. It says, we've got to speak strength constantly. We've got to continually say, I'm strong. So go ahead and stand up on your feet. I just want you right now, just like David said, because David needed it in his hard times. 